to Teaching Channel Talks. Every other week, I'll be talking to expert educators about how to tackle some of the most challenging issues in education. I'm your host, Wendy Amato. I'm a lifelong learner with a PhD in curriculum and instruction. This week, we're joined by Doug Lamov, educator, author, and founder of Teach Like a Champion. Welcome, Doug. Hi, Wendy. It's great to see you. It's nice to see you. Let's talk about hybrid teaching and learning. Well, I would love to, as long as we can define it first. Let's, yes. What are we talking about? It seems well, like there's some factors we want to we want all be on the same page. Yeah, I think the best description is um, juggling on a unicycle. Uh, <laughs> I, to me, hybrid instruction refers to times when the teacher is uh, teaching a classroom of or a classroom of students and is also responsible for teaching kids who are at home at, home at the same time. So it's a teacher who's doing both, um, and uh, and Godspeed to all, <laughs> and Godspeed and all our love and support to teachers who are doing it because yes, it's important to do, but it is very very challenging. Let's talk about some of the specific elements of the challenge. We've got um, in person and remote at the same time. We know there's a, a simple challenge of visibility. You can't see everybody at the same time, or maybe you can. How do we navigate something as basic as seeing your students? Yeah, seeing and being seen and hearing is actually uh, at least as challenging, right? I think one of the things that we want to accomplish, and hopefully we'll come back to this, is we want it to feel like it's one classroom, that uh, the kids at home, the roomers, or sorry, the Zoomers and the kids in the room, the roomers are one connected group and they talk not they talk to each other and through each other. And that means um, that can be challenging, both because internet gets glitchy, but also the kids in the room talking out loud, if they're talking into a tiny microphone, um, can be really hard for the kids to hear at home. And so um, there's probably a shopping list out there that's worth thinking through. In fact, I think we're going to do a blog post on this of, you know, like, uh, what are the, you know, what are the headsets necessary? And what is the microphone necessary to make sure that we, you know, the necessary precondition to a decent conversation is being able to hear each other. And as you point out, see each other. Uh, and that can be challenging because Ideally, you'd have a camera at the top of your whiteboard, you know, looking at you in front of your class. And so you could walk around in front of your class and interact with the class and then turn around three, six, uh, you know, 180 degrees and say to your, your kids at home, what do you think, Henry? But, uh, but for many teachers that we've seen doing it, you know, they're working off their laptop camera. And so, uh, you know, uh, they're, you know, looking into the camera to see the kids and then they have to turn around to see the kids in the classroom. And that's super, super challenging. Um, and so we want to just be careful about how we make sure that, you know, preparation is going to be really important to make sure that everyone can see the materials that they need to be successful. If you're picturing uh, a list, an optimal mm -hmm. list of supplies, uh, would that be the same across all grade levels? We know that teachers in every grade are facing this hybrid model. Yeah. Would, would the strategies or recommendations be the same in setting up the space? That's a great question. I think they might be slightly different. For example, uh, I mean, my the, the first thing that I would love to have would be um, uh, an LCD projector that, uh, or the project, you know, like an, an Elmo camera that I can use so that when I write something, uh, my kids at home can see it. And then I can share it, you know, with the, with the kids in the classroom. Everyone, you know, ideally like I, my kids in the classroom would be able to see it, but I'd be modeling piece of paper that they might be working on so that kids at home also could see it and could also work with the paper. But then I think things that might be a, a little bit different, little voices are really hard to hear. They're smaller than big voices and they're at a higher end of the spectrum. And so 
you know, if I had a little bit of, if, if I had the ability to do this financially, having a couple of microphones that I place around the room to pick up sound better so the kids at home could hear the kids in the room, it's gonna be much more challenging among, uh, among the littler students. Um, you know, with, with older students, I'm probably gonna try and use, uh, you know, more robust pla technology platforms. So in their cases, I might wanna have, I might wanna think about the kids in the classroom being on laptops as well, so that, you know, we could all, we could all work in the same Google sheet or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. Someone was suggesting that as you define them, the Zoomers and the rumors, thank you for that vocabulary. You always give gifts like that. Stolen um, from a teacher as all, as all my good ideas are. Sharing, sharing. My right, sharing right. you, can, you follow the recipe on the bag of chocolate chips and you still call them homemade. So it's okay for us. <laughs> It's okay to share that. the recipe. So someone had suggested to me that Zoomers and rumors were being managed by having the rumors actually behave like Zoomers. And I mm -hmm. found that to be sad. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts about that? I think that's true. I mean, I think that's true. I think that's the risk, right? In order for the rumors to be heard by the Zoomers and me to be able to manage them both at the same time, one of the easiest solutions is to say, get your laptops out and put your headphones on. And then really like it's a room full of kids and, and little bubbles. And I, um, there are times when that has to be necessary and I understand why teachers do it. But I do think it's ideal that we shoot for something more that it feels like a community and we get back to the sorts of human and humane interactions that make a classroom classroom. And that hopefully the kids at home feel like they are broadcast into a functioning classroom, as opposed to the kids at in the classroom feel like they're uh, sent home. Yes, I love that you that you offered the the qualifier when it's necessary or when if it has to be necessary. It's a nice reminder that the things that we've always known about education still yeah. hold true. That our instructional design should match the purpose of the lesson. Yeah, and I just, you know, um, it's a really, really, there's, there, has, there has surely never been a more challenging year to be a teacher. And so we want to shoot for the best for kids and we want to push ourselves to do things even that are challenging and uncomfortable and a little bit scary to do what's best for kids. But it's also a judgment-free zone, right? And if you, uh, you know, there will be times when, you when, uh, when it won't be perfect. And I just think it's important to sort of acknowledge that, that both of those things are true. Is some of the advice that you give these days, is it born of mistakes people have made? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I have to, I have to, I wouldn't, I don't even know that I'd call them mistakes. I just call them like straight learning. You know, we've been dropped into this, you know, uh, for many teachers, the second or third, you know, format of teaching they've been asked to do in, in the last six months. And it's just incredibly, incredibly challenging. So, um, but, but absolutely. What you know, are, I think, what are yeah. teachers learning about hybrid models of instruction? What what lessons have we learned as as educators? Yeah, well, I think that one of the key things is um, kids at home. It's very easy to when you're in the room with the kids to forget about the kids at home and have them feel a little bit like an afterthought. Like you're teaching the kids in the room, and then you turn around and you say, "Any questions for the kids at home, or anyone at home want to say anything?" And I think it's really important that the kids at home not feel like an afterthought. And so um, that's going that requires you know a lot of planning and preparation. But the you know I think that um, some of the things that we do in classrooms to let students know that their voices are relevant, you know, loving accountability tools like uh, like uh, going back and forth between calling on kids at home 
and calling on kids uh, in the classroom and even cold calling a little bit, right? When I cold call someone, I tell them that their voice matters when they're not sure that they are authorized for whatever reason to speak. And so cold calling the student at home and saying, what do you think, Wendy? Uh, did you, you know, did you have the same response that David did? Tells you, I want you to, and I hope you, that you will, and I expect you to participate. And I think that that's, um, that's a really important move. I'm thinking, I'm thinking here in particular of um, one of the videos on our, like you can check out of our, our blog. It's a teacher named Jill Mattis, who teaches uh, in Bethlehem Central School District in upstate New York. And um, she's got her camera on top of the on top of the whiteboard, so it's, it's so it's looking down at her, um, and she's standing up in front of her class. But she's doing a series of math problems, and she's writing on she's writing on a smart board, so it's also projected to the kids. But she goes back and forth between kids at home and kids in the classroom. She doesn't say, "Let's talk for let's hear from someone at home, let's hear from someone in the classroom." She just seamlessly goes back and forth, and so you have this very real sense that the kids at home are talking to the kids in the classroom, and that everyone always feels that all that it's that they're always part of the classroom as opposed to like, now it's our turn at home, now it's our turn in, in the classroom. And I just think um, she, does, she, she, does, she does a beautiful job of making that feel seamless and, uh, and all like one classroom. Teachers, most of us keep our eyes open for affordable, flexible, and relevant continuing education. Learner's Edge is the leading graduate credit continuing education provider and has met the needs of over 100,000 teachers. With Learner's Edge courses, you can enjoy your continuing education from the comfort of your own home because the courses are online and self-paced. That means you can work on your course whenever and wherever you'd like. Go to learnersedge.com teaching for a promo code to save 10% off your next course. That's a lot of coffee. Let's shift up a level or over, depends on your point of view, from teachers to administrators. Are mm. there good questions that school leadership should be asking at this point? Are, are, we, at a, are we at a place in education yeah. where there are some leadership decisions and guidance we can expect? Yeah, I think, I think we have to ask this. I think the first, two, the first question is, what do you need <laughs> to teachers? And, the, and there are two reasons why I'd ask that question. One, because there are a combination of training things and technical things that suddenly we need to be able to do this thing. Um, teachers have a wide range of technical expertise, right? And suddenly uh, to be able to make a webcam work and design my classroom around the webcam and use a variety of platforms that I can project to my kids in, in the classroom and project to the kids at home, or maybe to be able to, you know, electronically write across the top of a document so the kids at home can see it. Um, I've gotta be able to do those things and I've gotta be able to do them fluidly enough that I can do them in front of a classroom of 30 kids, you know, or, you know, uh, that's gonna be super challenging and know that I, you know, have to be good enough at it that I'm not afraid to do it. And so that's gonna mean, um, I'm gonna need some training and someone to come help me do it and help me practice it. So there's gonna to have to be extra staffing just around um, quick mastery of technology tools and even choosing the right technology tools to solve my problem. And then I think also there are going to be equipment needs around, you know, additional microphones and headsets and uh, speak, you know, speakers are the most, probably the most important thing. If your kids in your room are trying to hear the kids at home who are playing on your laptop speaker, like uh, the, the game is over before it's begun. And so uh, I just, I think those questions around what do you need are important. And, and they're also important because the, we also, as administrators, I think you're going to have to push people to do things that they're not 
that aren't easy and that are challenging, like getting kids cameras on. Uh, I, you know, I want to go back to how important that is in a minute or, or cold calling kids. And those are challenging things to do. And so it's easy to sort of rationalize not doing them. And so if we're going to push teachers at a really difficult time to do things that are difficult, we have to make sure they have everything they need and they feel supported and loved and cared about. You've talked about the importance of making a hybrid teaching and learning space, making that one class. You mentioned the role of having cameras on. What other kinds of things would you want to offer to the discussion about making a hybrid space one class? Yeah, I think I think general best practices for listening and thinking intentionally about listening behaviors are really, really important. Lots of times we think about class participation, participation as being about talking, but it is as much about listening as it is about talking. And so the first thing that I want to do is to sort of build teach my students how to be good listeners. And that means when you participate in class, you make reference to the person who, who, go, who went before you, who commented previously. I wanna build off of what Wendy said, cause I thought it was interesting, or I saw it differently from Wendy, or I think Wendy was saying that the character is nervous and, you know, and in all those things, I am, uh, I'm telling the person, I'm telling the class that the person who spoke before me, whether they're in the classroom or at home, is part of a community with me and that I value their I value their participation. So we sometimes call that habits of discussion, but I think it's doubly important when being in separate places raises questions about whether, whether we all are part of the community and whether we are all able to hear and listen to each other. Um, and then I, I think, um, I think, you know, planning my questioning. So I'm going back and forth between home and, and, you know, it doesn't have to be one, 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 but the idea of like rapidly going back and forth between kids at home and kids in the room gives the message that um, implicitly the only way you could do that would be if you're listening carefully to each other. And so I think that that's, um, that's just another sort of execution piece that really sends the message. We are all part of one classroom. You've just finished part one of my conversation with Doug Lamov. Join us during part two to hear about hybrid assessment techniques, how to incorporate social emotional learning into every lesson, and building a strong class culture with roomers and zoomers. You can find articles and topics that Doug and I have discussed. You'll see those in the show notes or at teachingchannel.com slash podcast. You can register for my free webinar with Doug and sign up for a professional learning course built by Doug and Teaching Channel at teachingchannel.com slash T-L-A-C. If you leave us a rating and review on whatever podcast listening app you're on, it will help more educators to find us. We'll see you in two weeks with another episode. Thanks for listening. 